0: Welcome to the podcast of the Urban Mystic. In season three, we explore the tension between faith and experience and tease this out as a distinction between faith and relationship. This dovetails well with our value for intimacy with God and encourages us to explore what we can expect a relationship with God to mean for individuals and communities intentionally practicing the presence of God. Our guest for two episodes is Carl Teichardt, the director of OC Africa, a missions organization. And in this episode, we really get a deep dive a bit into Carl's background his own personal journey and some of his experiences with god we like to approach this very conversationally and so with that in mind you know often just in terms of the conversation between you and us there's a way for that to, to bridge and almost naturally fl- flow perhaps as we prod and prod and poke so that it's less of a presentation that you have to give and more of a uh, more of a conversation.
1: Well, yeah, I think that would be more natural and definitely more helpful. Yeah. Okay.
0: For season three, we're delving a bit into the territory of of the tension between faith and experience, and almost the the, the fact that that's a disconnect because faith apart from experience is faith apart from a relationship. This language and the idea of intimacy with God and the difference between relating to God as the idea and relating to the person who becomes present is kind of the track that 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 we've that we've been on. Cole, thank you so much for for, for joining us. I'm uh, gonna let you introduce yourself in, in a bit and then kick off the conversation. But my introduction to you was actually through Paul Siakas. He handed me a copy of your book. I, I read it and I used it as part of my master. It was nice to come across grounded research where this need for intimacy with God is actually put into that context just because for me it's it's one of those things that I've been feeling out and sensing that there is this and it would be nice to do research along these lines and then guess what? Ta-da! God provides. (laughs) There's a book by someone where they've gone ahead and done this research and it was a glorious discovery. So so that was my introduction to you. And it's it's just a real privilege to to get to one of the persons behind that research and to get this window into your life, your experience, your process, and that research as well. So from my side, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm glad I can be a help and an encouragement and inspiration in some way. For you and your listeners.
2: Yeah, Carl, thanks, Min. Uh, from my side as well. Um, really wonderful to have you in conversation with us. Looking forward to this. And as a kickoff point, we'd love to just dive into some of your story. Um, perhaps you can share with us just some background, where you come from. But in particular, we'd love for you to take us through some of your early experiences of God. What was it like? you know, people use different language for this in different spaces, contexts, backgrounds, traditions. What was the meeting, the the early emergent experiences, whatever that was like, kind of bringing you through to, to who you are today?
1: Just to give us our, a little bit of our family, I'm married to Jenny, and um, we have uh, four grown children. We um, came to uh, Johannesburg, South Africa in 1997. Um, our, all of our children were very young at that time, but we came and served under a, a, a nonprofit Christian organization called OC Africa. But bringing us up to that point, uh, I grew up in a, I would say, a, a fairly strong traditional Christian family, a Presbyterian background with, uh, you know, I would say a good balance of literacy, but yet encouragement toward a personal, you know, biblical formation. I, I was very active in my my mother was a Sunday school they call Sunday school teacher and so I my earliest memories as a child was involved in in having to do my lessons right Saturday night getting ready for Sunday school you know kicking and screaming kind of thing and um you know but that was formative I think you know positive and negative but really for me the turning point was I would say around the sixth grade seventh grade transitional years where I really um in our in our church, we had some some really committed young uh, young adult leaders that came alongside me and you know, I would say a group of about ten or twelve of us that were coming through this sy- you know through the system right all all um, kids kids of, of families that were in the congregation in Denver Colorado by the way where we were but the 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 key I would say was the personal. Personal attention and personal challenge by uh, my Sunday school teachers, but then particularly young young adult leaders who really took an interest in me and really actually challenged me with some good questions, really life questions about God, about how God's purpose for me, God's purpose in the world, and and really pointed me back to the Word. But also other others, I remember uh, my uh, young adult, one of my young adult leaders. Gave me books on, on Christian missionaries and Christian leaders that actually inspired me uh, to, um, to say, wow, these people really had a genuine faith and um, a radical faith to, to believe God and to go to places and do things and see God show up. You know, and I would say having outings, retreats, and just weekly fun times, but balancing that relationship with connect, connection with others, that was very formative for me. So I would say the key for that was, was again, just men that young guys that just came alongside me, kept in each step of the way, keep on, keep on growing. I remember one time, um, I would think I was in high school where we, were, our family was, you know, thinking about moving. You know, we were, I would think they were, we were feeling kind of disgruntled with our church. And I remember specifically my young adult leader met me for uh, a burger. And sat down with me and said, Carl, you know, I really believe in you. And I really sense sense God's has a purpose in your life. And I want you to stay. I want you to stick it out with me. And that was key, you know, that personal attention. That continued into my uh, university years. I, I studied engineering, electrical engineering. And I got involved in a campus ministry called InterVarsity, which is part of ICF. I, oh, IFES. Um, and um, there too, we had, I had, you know, men that did the same, challenged me, did my next level of faith, uh, stretching me, and then connecting me with others that had similar passions, got in, did mission trips um, that also then, you know, kept, kept me. So it was kind of like a step-by-step process with a mentor, with someone who kept on me, tra- tracking me. My, my Presbyterian church at that point, I stayed connected with the young adults ministry, the singles ministry, they called it. And my pastor um, uh, challenged me even to preach um, after one of my mission trips, which was huge, even consider being on the elder board. You know, so I was like, you know, those were things where they were kind of really um, kind of rocked me a bit. But it really, I think began to really uh, allow me to to step back and and trust God um, and see a perspective. I think that's that's what, what the Lord taught me is. We, we really grow through opportunities of, of stretching, of faith, of tension, or suffering that help us to have perspective, right? And, and, and it coupled that with someone who can come alongside, help you with that perspective, to see God at work, and then step into the next season, you know. Those, I think, have been things that I've learned in my formative years. My wife and I got married um, our last year of university, We wanted to be involved in, I wanted to keep working as an engineer, but we wanted to get involved in cross-cultural, you know, outreach type of initiatives. So we moved to Los Angeles where there's lots of culture, um, lots of opportunity, great weather, you know, close to the beach. And, but I kept, I started working as an engineer in inner city LA. And at the same time, we felt like God still wanted to push us into the inner city, get involved in cross-cultural work. So we got involved in a church plant. We were, in a, we were in a big mega church, but we said, no, let's jump into something fresh and something different. So we got involved in a church plant, started having four little kids at that time, and really fell in love with church planting, really sensed God to say, maybe your, your bigger call in life is not just to have a good, well-paying job, you know, enjoying that, that life, but really to be involved in mobilizing planting of movements in other cultures and so eventually we got connected with one challenge, or this is our global network of our global ministry. We, I quit my job. We found enough people that would pray for us and support us financially to move to Africa. And, and that's what we're doing here is coming alongside leaders, helping them to, to uh, be more effective at developing other leaders toward healthy, you know, transformational churches that will multiply and transform cities, nations all across Southern Africa and beyond. So in a sense, that's my story. And uh, it's, it's really been coupled with intimacy, with growing intimacy with God each journey through um, discerning God's leading voice and walking with Him. Always, I would say the, the key factor in all that is I've never walked alone. You know, I've always had somebody, God has provided somebody to at those transition points to uh, help me have perspective, to to force me to listen and trust God, and to make that transition into the next faith season.
2: Sure, thanks, Carl. That's a that's a. I mean, it's a it's a short and concise story, which I can which I've just as I listen to. I see. I can imagine the concertina effect if if we pulled on either side. There's just huge amounts of things going on in there. So thank you so much for giving us a a bird's eye view of life and what has brought you to where you are now. That's a really helpful start. Were there there moments along that journey that you could pull out around sort of specific, you know, the person-to-person engagement with God that were sort of turning points for you? Any sort of moments that you remember? Highlights, perhaps even difficult moments where you just felt and as we talk about intimacy with God, right, um, anything that you'd put your finger on to say, you know, this was a moment of, you know, you use the language of God showing up, et cetera, et cetera. Is there anything there that comes to mind as I, as I paint a rather poorly constructed question?
1: You know, I've, uh, I, I've, in my, um, my course of development and studies, I was really blessed to sit under the teaching and be mentored by a professor at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, California, Dr. Robert Clinton. We still are dear friends, and I consider him a mentor. And he 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 has this theory. He calls it leadership theory, that God is developing us over a lifetime, and that development happens in seasons and stages through. Uh, but but a very much an intentional building. Sometimes <laughs> one step forward, two steps back. But you know, very much God is at work. God is at work, and so um, it was in one of his co- Course, several of his courses that caused me to reflect back actually on my life and see these transition points and to see how God was at work and how God showed up. And so, you know, that's to say that, that that, you answer your question, he helped me and he has a great, great um, book called Making the Making of a Leader that really helps leaders to reflect on this to see how God is working over a person's lifetime in the past, current with anticipation for deeper intimacy for the future. But for me personally, I can remember as a, in that young adults youth group growing up, one time we went on a team retreat, a little uh, group retreat in the mountains of Colorado. And I remember we were hiking up on the, on the mountains and I, I went across on a cliff, a cliff edge actually. And as I was hiking by myself there, the cliff edge began to give way. I began to, I began to slip actually toward the edge. And I remember that, you know, this, 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 like feeling completely helpless and just fear gripped me as I was just really sliding toward the edge. And I stopped just I somehow just stopped from, you know, as I was on that slippery edge. And at that point I realized that God saved me, you know, and that god actually wanted me alive for a reason. and that was i was just about maybe 11 12 years old at the time but that was formative because that really said you know i knew that god existed but it was like i really felt like he protected my life at that point and and re- and i realized this is a gift that my you know i'm able to continue. i mean it it sounds it sounds funny but it was really meaningful to me at that point as one step. When I um, went um, into university and I I had to to go on a missions trip to uh, Europe, um, um, and I got involved in working alongside some church planters in Austria doing um, evangelism, just relating with people, chatting, um, and trying to to form a small gathering uh, for a church. I, that also it was a challenging opportunity for me to um, be able to engage with with Europeans who are very different than than uh, people from the states, in terms of their personalities, worldviews, and such. But I was so impacted by the the the, worker, the leaders we were working with, the missionaries, on their their faith, their faith and persistence to continue to pursue people toward a a gathering an authentic gathering of ecclesia, in a sense of believers that uh, my trip home on the plane god specifically spoke to me again and said you know i have a purpose for your life and church planting is going to be part of that purpose um the fact that these people really need they need community you know Uh, people need to be gathered together to to grow and to and to bring others into that fellowship and to multiply disciples in those kind of s- small groups because I saw it that it's only really worked in that community through that process and so that that again God spoke to me purpose but specifically possibly planting but at that point I was studying engineering so I thought well I'll continue faithfully with my engineering studies and practice that but that began this was a seed uh, that God began to plant in me for you know. Uh, growing me, I said, for, for planting, which led me to, the, to, to pursuing this church plant that we got involved in. Another point that was quite significant for us, though, was when we came to the point of realizing do, do I see myself continuing in, as, in, as an engineer, working downtown, trying to balance that with doing ministry, growing a family, or is there something bigger? Something, some other place, some other type of focus, calling. And that's when we began to can really pers- look into other, and, and, church, and church planting, but just in another context. And that's where God began to open the doors for us to possibly um, go overseas to, and eventually come to Africa. know, our vision here in Africa, again, is not so much that I would be planting a church, but really investing, going deeper with leaders to see them to be growing, vibrant leaders that will reproduce other leaders, that will reproduce the movements of disciples, that will produce, you know, fruitful churches all over the world. It was that step of having to say, I'm going to turn, you know, quit my job, commit and, um, and really change careers and pursue this new, in a sense, a missional calling and there too, in that time, that took us a long. I would say it probably took about, I'd say about ten years, really, of that kind of through my through studies, through inter, just interacting, through uh, trips, uh, and lots of prayer. That God really began to really burden my wife and I both in that direction. And again, that was it was a, a transition time that I had people around me that helped me process it, and it was a, um, it really built a deeper faith. And and as I I listened to God's voice, because I had to, (laughs) you know, we were talking about, you know, my bosses thought I was completely crazy, that I would give up a professional, well-paying job career in Los Angeles, and come to Africa to help leaders, um, help Africans to grow other African believers into uh, church movements, that they just thought I was crazy, absolutely crazy. And so, you know, it really forced me to really, listen to God deeper and trust him more significantly to uh, be able to move forward in that. So I think those were three points that really um, helped to not only draw me into more intimacy with the Lord, but more formative toward more fruitful you know, service in his harvest, in a sense.
2: Thanks, Carl. I mean, that's that's amazing just to, to listen to those stories and, and the time, kind of the spread of time that I hear you talking about from sort of 11, 12 through to, this is on the plane back is late varsity or early work career, if I'm cor- correct, as I heard you, yes uh-huh. through, to, through to then later, then, then sensing this call to, to come out and mission to go to a different country. Are, are there threads through these experiences that you find that start to emerge? And I think what I'm really digging towards is if I had to sort of push you around how do you define intimacy with God? How is that showing up for you? Because there's a number of different elements that I'm hearing that I, you know, I would want to reflect to you, but I'm almost wanting to hold back for a minute and just say, what are the common threads that you'd weave through from you know, sensing God saving you on that ledge to you, know, you use the language of hearing God speak to you on the plane through to the sense of burdening that you use, etc., what does that look like at, at, at almost a, I, I don't want to take it too far to a super practical level, but it's I still feel as though we're almost scratching the surface. If you, if you tease out threads of that, what does that look like? How has intimacy with God kind of been shaped over your life? What, if somebody said what is this intimacy with God for you, Carl? What, what would you highlight in those different experiences? You know, some of it Interacting with others, you know, you've talked about kind of the discernment with, you know, person to person, et cetera. Does does that question make sense? I I feel like I'm teasing it out myself as I speak.
1: Right, right. Sure, sure, sure. And obviously those particular points were, um, I think, you know, transitional points or opportunities that Lord really showed up to me to kind of bring confirmation, bring reassurance, right, to provide, you know, direction a little bit. But in between those points was was a I would I would consider really kind of a an ongoing daily rhythm of growing in listening, understanding, you know, listening to the Lord, understanding Him, prayer through the Word, through relation, through you know, growing relationships of mentors and pastors and um, experiences. So throughout that, there's been a, you know a, an ongoing rhythm. Um, And I think the thread for me has been this sense that God doesn't always speak the same, (laughs) you know, he doesn't always uh, make himself known to me in the same way all the time, you know, and that's, and that's not, that's hard to, to replicate. Right. And it's, you can't, you can't manufacture that. I think, you know, I was in the context, you know, the context that I was in that God in in the place that I was in, in terms of my relationship with him, he, by his grace, you know, and by his, you know, the loving way that, that only God can do, you know, he would, would speak and draw me to himself through people through the word through music. I mean, music, um, I grew up when the contemporary Christian music, the worship that we experience today was just at its birth. Okay. So I was in high school, you know, junior high when the, when it was just starting out, you know, um, Maranatha music was uh, just kicking in. And, and it was just for me and and my uh, young people, my youth group, We just ate that up because it was, you know, Keith Green, who was one of my favorite singers. I went to his concerts all the time, you know, and just that authentic, you know, passion for Christ, lived out in music and and just, you know, that just, again, was part of the formative in my journey where I was at that time. But that didn't, you know, that was significant and brought and pushed me to another, to the next level. And I think what happened was, so I think the thread was, that I was open, listening, okay, God spoke through people, music, the word, I, I learned, and I was stretched, challenged, and failed, but then it pushed, it kind of pushed me into some new opportunity, new group, maybe a new group, um, new context, and the same kind of thing happened, new people came in, you know, I was open to discovering new things, like, uh, so, for example, I grew up in a like I said, a very liturgical Christian um, Presbyterian church, but but as I said, we were also exploring, <laughs> you know, I had this, uh, and I've continued to try to push into that. I realized that that actually is significant in my development, as I need to always be pushing into forms of spiritual development that are different than I'm ex- than in the past. You know, still, 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 you know, authentic and and um, you know, good and good, good quality, um, you know, uh, input to rest, but, not, but yet different, I would say. And so as I was going into trying different things, the Lord would show up, the Lord would reveal things, it would uh, excite me, it would challenge me, and then it would kind of go for a season. So the, I said, the, the, I think the threads on all that, Steve would be the, the fact that, um, you know, again, God, God saw me, God knew the people around me, and he was always busy busy drawing himself in different ways um, through different people, different experiences that um, pushed me on the edge, un- a little bit of uncomfortable, that then allowed me to, um, to stretch, maybe to appreciate the word new. I mean, the, the, you know, you know, it wasn't about, I really never enjoyed going through like devotionals per se so much as I would just enjoy just studying the word like books of the Bible or, or more drawn to certain topics of the Bible through need. You know, that's word became exciting that way and also very practical because I needed to keep growing and, and helping others. So it also shifted from just all about me when I was younger to more and more about helping others to grow as well. Um, particularly when I was in high school and into varsity where I was busy now helping others to do the same. And of course that that challenges you to really do it deeper, right? Um, so, anyway, I hope that helps. i describing from my own experience how that intimacy has worked. And then now, currently, you know, we've enjoyed learning more about the spiritual disciplines of the faith and, and trying to practice those as well. You know, even uh, my, my wife and I took a sabbatical for about four months, uh, four years ago, where we just got out of town and spent four months um, together on the garden route, just seeking God and just having a daily rhythm of rest, just um, enjoying one another, but just enjoying saturation in the word and learning through other books. And it was incredible. Uh, And just to get away, (laughs) just to to get away from the normal rhythms and and, uh, distractions, that was significant for us. But again, that happened
0: in a season. I'm loving what you're saying and the contextualizing in the season, but I feel like uh, to some extent, you're putting your finger on the pulse of something and then, and then diffusing it. To go back to, to a phrase you used a little bit earlier, you said, as I was going, the Lord would show up and reveal things. And then I would go for a season. A- and then your emphasis falls to the season and your, your emphasis falls to the diffuse. If you take that phrase, the Lord would show up. Is there is there a particular experience that you that you could highlight and go, yeah, God showed up to me? So so yes, there's the understanding, the qualifying, the needing to triangulate with life. There's the you know, there's all these other things. But I feel like in some ways, the picture that you're painting, an outsider coming in would need to ask the question of how much how much of God speaking to you is the conditionalism of the environment, the faith what you immerse yourself in, and if you weren't immersed in that, then God wouldn't be speaking to you. So how much of the experience of God has just collapsed into the conditionalism of the environment and everything that's around? So that's on one hand, but but then to drill back, because I feel like the counter to that in some ways is to go, well, the Lord showed up and revealed things. So so what what, what is that with you? Is that, a, is that a murky enough question? I mean, it's there's a lot of room to play.
2: <laughs> if, if I can also jump in and qualify, one, I wanted to add something to that as well. I I often get asked by people, if, if I use kind of language like that, there's this kind of, some people have been really helpful enough to ask a direct question, like, what do you mean God showed up or God spoke to me? And I've had specifically, like, I've, I've been doing a, a little bit of interaction with a, with a minister at the moment, and they've asked a very pointed questions like, what does God's voice sound like to you? Because you've used this language, Steve, of, well, God spoke to me. At one level that's helpful and another level I want to know, you know, kind of give me some grip, like what should I be listening for? <laughs> if, if that makes sense. And I think if I kind of resonate with Tim, it's that sense of, yeah, what were the feelings, the experience, the happening, what, what handles would you give someone around the sound of the voice, the moment, the, the, that kind of stuff, if, if that makes sense, if I can add that as well. To either incre- increase the murk
1: or. <laughs> 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 yes, yes, that's true. You know, that's, yeah, right. You know, and I think it's just so, you know, it's deeply, you know, probably uniquely personal to me, but it's situational, as I was saying, and in uh, and, and totally unprescribed. You know, it's like, uh, so like, well, okay, for one example where I actually did really believe that I actually audibly heard. God speak in, in, to me was when I brought my, I had to drop my daughter off to varsity in Los Angeles and uh, to our, she's my oldest, you know, here we are living in Johannesburg. And so we come out and she's, you know, she's, she's enrolling in a wonderful solid Christian university called Biola university in Los Angeles. So just the most incredible environment for her But yet, you know, here, my firstborn, I'm leaving her, you know, out. And um, just, um, yeah, just when I left the parking lot. um, (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) You know, (laughs) sorry. No, just like God said, um, I'm gonna take care of Anne, you know? And, (coughs) but the beautiful thing was, he said, "I'm going to take care of you too," and um, so that's what um and I really sense that God wanted to say it to me at that moment, because um, you know I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that He He was in control. He was the father, the, the best father for my daughter, and um, you know that that I could release her into His hands to care for her. But you know that God equally was going to take care of me in the process you know and the journey that i was on so i mean and the, but you know i don't think i've ever um had him you know speak like that audibly ever again you know that clearly but um you know because i've helped other kids and you know each of our children for different things for recent seasons and um god is really kind of affirmed that, but that was an, op- that was just in the car, just had just like this voice. And it wasn't just, it was just like a, just like a, a father would say to you, you know, just, uh, I'm affirming that. and it was just exactly what I needed. And so that could not be, you know, uh, I couldn't, that couldn't be <laughs> pre-programmed, you know, it was just, he, he just met me in that moment. See, but this might be helpful. I was just thinking, um, so you know, my son also, two years later, I we did the same. He went to another university in, in Los Angeles. Not the same school as my daughter, but a similar situation. You know, although I knew what to expect, even though you know, it was very difficult. But it's interesting that because of that previous experience, I began to, to pray and wait on the Lord. Maybe if God would bring sort of also a fresh you know, affirmation to me um, personally or some sort of fresh perspective for even my son. And um, similar, not, not in that same situation in the car where I was leaving him, but in the process of, of helping him prepare to go, I had this, this word, really distinctive word that said, um, trust me you know, and it was just, it was different than I would, I will take care of him it was just trust me. And that, again, I was just kind of in my soul, you know, kind of deep rooted, but I thought, yes, I can, I, it was really unique. And I took that. And I, and I, what I did is I, I kept journaling, you know, I would take journals, and I journal these kind of insights. I'm not a big one that journals a lot every day, but what I started to do was to realize I need to capture these kind of um, special <laughs> encouragements from the Lord, really. And so then I get I began to do that. And so then when my, my, my two years later when my next son, you know, also went off to he went to he went to Jeffreys Bay for a gap year program. And similar, you know, I was there with him and we had I had a weekend with him and there. So I had lots of time to listen. So there I put I just basically began to wait and listen. And through the, you know, through the word, through prayer, just began to kind of see, God, are you going to say something fresh? And it was in the sermon that morning when I left him that the um, sermon was God's going to make a way. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, i was just thinking that is a thread that that I, I began to say that, okay, that, that these kind of significant transitions, that uh, I just need to be more listening, more aware. And it's going it to come different ways, and just waiting on God. and But in, it's been cool that um, the Lord has been giving me these bits and nuggets that have really carried, carried me and for each of the kids uniquely. And then, so going into our sabbatical, which we had four years ago, so then you know, now I had four, four months of this kind of thing. So then my wife and I, but even for me personally, really said, okay, Lord, this is a chance to really have some undistracted time as a couple, you know, always with the word, always in prayer, but coupled with also learning, learning different things. So I purposely tried to learn into, into new things that I uh, maybe wanted to go deeper in. Um, books of the Bible, other books, other topics. I specifically actually wanted to do extra reading on hearing God's voice, so I read two or three books on on uh, spiritual listening, right, and disciplines of that, and tremendous. And that the very end of that time, or was a very special time, that really God was just saying, you know, again, my eye is on you, and you, as a beloved child of mine, rest in that. Again, that it's just a matter of I'm, I'm, I'm busy with you, just keep enjoying the journey into the next season. So I, you know, those kind of thoughts, scriptures, I, I think the, the thread, the practice that I have picked up is the importance of just noting those down, um, keeping on building, reflecting, sharing that with us. We had, we had a team of people that we would reflect with, a sabbatical team. So I would share those with them, prayer, and, um, with my wife, of course, and we would just, um, kind of use it as an ongoing learning time that then I keep doing that once a year. Now I have a, a I have a rhythm where I try to take a retreat at least once a year. And then every, at least quarter it gets busy with difficult, with busy times, but, you know, try to take day retreats where I just try to get the mind, my mind quiet, you know, to, to hear that small voice. And it usually comes out through the word through music, through um, readings that uh, I just keep reinforcing the past. You know, I always try to reflect on, on maybe how God has been speaking, showing up, revealing, and looking for patterns. See, God is working over a lifetime. So looking, building on that, sensing, God, what are you wanting to say now? You know, you're not done with me yet, right? So what do you, what do you, what do you, I'm 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 ready, you know, kind of thing. put in my place, and so that it hasn't ever been the same. It hasn't ever been the same way, the same voice. But I would say it's definitely coupled with those practices of trying to trying to be quiet, a little extra time to get to hear, having input from the word, and through through other others as well. That has really helped.
2: Carl, cool, thank you. I mean, I think the. F- there's a couple of things I want to reflect back to you as, I, as I'm just sort of listening through the stories that you tell and what you're sharing, but I, I, I have to start just by saying, just thank you for honoring us with the vulnerability of those stories. I mean, it's, it's so evident, the depth of emotion and the, the depth of value, I think, that I'm, I'm picking up from you as you, as you retell really those stories. Um, so thank you for being willing to share at that level with us. We really appreciate that. And I think for me, what I find so exciting about so many of our conversations is that we find those moments in conversation with our conversation partners of, you know, you, you've covered a, 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 a broad array of life and moments and ways in which we listen and are attentive, we attune ourselves to God, etc. And I think perhaps just because part of my stance prioritizes those very deeply personal moments of hearing that voice say, I'm going to look after her, I'm going to look after you. That I, I sort of, I'm, I'm looking in some ways in our conversations to mine those nuggets out from in and amongst what I think is quite a, quite a general And supportive, you know, I'm not looking down on a general and supportive sort of infrastructure around, as you say, you know, you hear people will speak about God, people will preach, there's music, there's moments of silence, etc, etc. And, and part of my desire, very personally within myself and in conversation with others, is to go, yes, there are also though, you know, those moments that you shared with us just now. And you know, some that Tim and I have shared with each other over the recent past and other guests of that sense of, of bringing nuance, of bringing color to the picture around this language of you know, God showing up. And it's, it's just so beautiful to hear you share those stories because I think I, part of what I, what I, what am I trying to say here? I hear from people, I think a challenge from time to time that what you should be happy with and I think this is something where Tim and I have wrestled quite a bit over this idea and intimacy with God where you should be happy is in sensing something in a song or when someone speaks to you or, or whatever and that those moments of that voice that presence drawing near and saying I've got you Steve I see you Tim I'm with you Carl I hear you you know those things are almost, it's almost a, like a cessationist view, like it just doesn't happen, and yet it really does. And there's so many people that, that, when they're ready to speak at that level, you hear these stories of in amongst the broad infrastructure of how we live lives. And as you talk about, you know, discerning God over a lifetime, there are those moments of kind of a quickening experience this presence, this voice, etc. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm really. I think I'm trying to just reflect great gratitude that you're willing to share that experience. Because for me, it's always such a privilege to be in conversation with people where they're willing to share that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's just really beautiful. And then I love how you couch that within a broader infrastructure, which I think is life. Um, because one of the challenges I've had from people when, when, I'm, when I'm kind of pushing around this idea is they're going, so what are you saying? God won't speak to me in church and during a sermon. <laughs> I'm saying, no, of course, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying within the broad tapestry, I think there's also a thread, you know, of what you've just put your finger on in the car, dropping an off, for example, you know, times where I, I had an experience with the birth of our third child, which I can't remember if I've spoken about with Tim in recording, but I, I have shared with him briefly at some point, where I was sitting outside the the operating room waiting to go in to join my wife. And it was a troublesome pregnancy and there were all sorts of things that I was really worried. And I'd eventually given up pacing up and down the hallway. And I didn't need at that point, if I can put it in that way, someone to come alongside me and say, you're gonna be okay, she's gonna be okay, everything's gonna turn out. I didn't need to read a passage of something. And it's not to look down on that. What happened in that moment, what I really realized I needed afterwards, was as I finally sat down in exasperation with my back against this door, waiting to be let in to know what's going on, I said to God out loud, like, where are you? (laughs) Are you even here with me? And this voice said, no, I'm not here with you. I'm in there with her. And that just broke me. You know, at, at, like you just, what do you, what do you do to say to something like that? That was exactly what I needed to hear right then. And as you said earlier, you know, I couldn't have scripted that. In, in my tradition, God's supposed to say, "Oh, I'm always with you. I never leave you." And He says, "No, I'm not with you. I'm there with her." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's where I want you to be." Actually, <laughs> He's in there with her. And so, yeah, I'm just so grateful for how you put your finger on that and are willing to share those with us. Thank you.
1: I think one other thing that, you know, that's, that has really helped me is, you know, going back to the issue of, um, God does bring people along, you know, in, 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 that, in that development that only that God knows, right. The people that we need to be who they need to be, right. It could be, um, in, in, in things that they share, things that we, we learn, right. Um, like you say, it just could be just a pastoral encourager, right. It could be just the prayer person, or not just one, but I mean, it's like, I think it's, we're so blessed that we have a father who, who cares about us and cares about everybody around us. And yet somehow we use us together in that care and development. It's just amazing. We overlap with people that help in our own growth and help in their growth at the same time. It's just like, it's only God can do it. I think it's, I, I can't, you know, I think going back to my first comment, it's always been others you know that have been intentional but it's also i've been intentional to pursue them too you know it hasn't always people that just show up right but purposely pursuing people who are who um who i really admire their faith and uh and they're from different and they have something to i can have something new to learn about them and, and usually it's something different you know like like for example i grew up in a presbyterian church so i purposely Sought out godly, charismatic Pentecostal kind of leaders to learn from their their perspective, right? Because I wanted to step into that and learn and 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 have perspective along the way. So that's been really cool to to kind of purposely try to and then cr- different cultures, right? So to pursue people that are different from me, different cultures. Some people older and some people younger. You know, all these different uh, dynamics that we we have to own in our development. That we that um, you know, we take action, and it's not just doing, but it's it's being in Christ as we're along along the way. That's what we. That's what our top research project was all about was looking at four areas of um, not just we don't just growing Christ by by knowing things, but it's really about doing, about being, and ultimately becoming. Um, it's all God works in all those areas, so.
2: And I love how you talked just now as well about, you know, in the kind of the fourth experience as you were rounding up there the time away, the long break um, with Jenny and talking about this kind of this pushing into the, what does it mean to kind of attune my ear more and more to hearing God speak um, in many different ways, but also not, 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 hearing that personal presence speak. Um, and, and I love that that comes through very strongly in terms of your intention. I love that around seeking out people, seeking out books, resources, moments. Um, and yet at the same time, what's what's so interesting, which I've experienced and many other people as I've spoken to have experienced is there's also often that surprise factor that you can prepare and you can read, etc., But there's also that moment where Moses looks up and goes, what on earth is wrong with that bush? <laughs> you know? and, and, and doesn't go, I'm going out into the desert today to find a bush that's on fire so I can talk to God, um, kind of picture. And, and there's this in, yeah. There's this interplay between what I hear you talking about, the intention, and almost the surprise factor, in a way, of some of those experiences, I think, if, if I'm hearing you correctly. Um, you may not be intentionally saying that, but I'm picking it up. Um, and, I, and I love that. It's it's so wonderfully nuanced, um, because life is wonderfully nuanced, and we, and we can't just re- reduce it down to very simple categories. That's wonderful. Thank you.
1: Because really, it, I mean, you know, God is the one that's active uh, in our development, in our drawing. And us. You know, that's his heart, is to, for us to grow in intimacy, right? To, you know, he wants that more than we want it. Um, so he's going to try every way he can, uniquely, to get our attention, to bring us deeper into that relationship with him. So you're right. I mean, you know, um, that wasn't Moses's plan, right? But, uh, but God knew what it took to get his attention, right? In a unique way, wasn't what he expected. And the outcome was not at all what uh, Moses wanted, right? <laughs> he made lots of excuses to get out of it. But in the end of the day, it was the the call, but more importantly, the personal Journey. That I just, in fact, it's interesting, Steve, that you say this because that's exactly what I read this morning. I decided to go back and read Exodus. And what stood out to me in reading it, the passage, the story this morning, was that God several times said, I will be with you. I will speak through you. I will perform this through you. You just have to listen. You just have to. You know, go, <laughs> but you have to just, you know, go with me. That I just took that away fresh this morning to say, Yes, Lord, I realize that. Thank you for that reminder. Even today, you know, whatever comes my way, yet you are there and you are the one that's speaking. You want to speak through me, but you're, you know, and um, you're doing your bigger purposes. And I'm, my call is just to, to be obedient, ultimately, please you and to be in step, right? Yeah, so cool. I don't know, Yeah. So, anyway, it's it's amazing, Steve, that you shared that because that's that was what God spoke this morning about. It revealed to me in in my own personal devotions today.
2: I, w- I won't tell you, but I will. But I, I tend to talk about Moses a lot. So, just statistically speaking, <laughs> I guess it was quite high. But that is, but that is wonderful.
0: Thanks for spending your time with us today. In the next episode, we're going to deep dive into. The research done by OC Africa uh, published as a book title called A Cry for Intimacy with God.